0: welcome to just in the nick of time yes for well, what might be the final
1: time yeah at least the final time in studio
0: oh certainly the the last time yes. in person i don't
1: want to ever you know make a sweeping declaration that's <laughs> yeah
0: uh the, the, the podcast is over and dead forever no, yeah I, I don't think that's i would i would be surprised if yeah. That was the case because I'm sure we'll we'll wanna talk at yeah. least during Husker football season in the future. Yes. Pop into your feeds
1: real quick. Spouse <laughs> some takes. Yeah. Is that the verb we really want to go with? It that's just one of those words I don't really know the meaning of. I just kinda of use whenever. Is spow even a real word? I think that's what I said. It's espouse, like you would espouse a take. Spow, I don't think, is the thing. That's probably the root of espouse, anyways. Like very possibly. (laughs) Other words in that uh, general area for me are cultivate. Uh, I use that in a bunch of contexts. Don't know the right one. Uh, Intermittent. I think that means every now and then, but I'm not sure at all. And uh, any other words I can think of like that. No, there's just the two off the top of my head where I cannot give you a strict definition of, so I just kind of use whenever I, the vibe is right.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. So we have a fun one planned for you folks today, because as we always it is, do. It is the last for. It, it's the last in a long time, or it's the first in a long time, and yes. the last for a long time. But that's a bar. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> Check out my SoundCloud bitches. But um, I would say this this will be. Resonant in some ways because we're doing a look back mm-hmm. uh, over our four years here uh, and discussing sort of um, I would say the ups and downs. Sure, but yeah. it is it is mostly downs. <laughs> uh, I I have no notes. I'm I'm as usual. I'm just going off of feel, um, but we're gonna try and jog memory lane here. Yeah. Do we want to talk about? I only have notes for the super special third segment. So. Okay, okay, so, I mean, let's, I'm going to pull up, uh, what was our freshman year, that would have been the
1: 2018 football season? Yes, 2018, Uh, freshman year, I I don't have much memories of it, outside of just the sports area, because what I remember freshman year is showing up to class and then immediately leaving, and aside from the JOMC modules, I love y'all, but uh, (laughs) nothing like... Yeah. The photo one. God, those were the
0: worst. <laughs> those
1: were the worst. Um
0: so for me it all starts uh like obviously our story as Husker football fans <laughs> is is uh, a long one, but did I see you at the Akron game? Yes. So that that is kind of where our story of like seeing each other in the stadium, talking to each other about this at college starts. Mhm. And it keep
1: that acting game keeps me up at night. It I, does. I, the, <sighs> we've discussed it before. I'll say it again. That's the loudest I've ever heard in the stadium is when Frost led the team out out the tunnel for the first time. Oh, it was incredible. And the lightning in the sky and yeah. like how it turned into a big party. Yeah. None of us ever thought for the first hour and thirty that there was a way they weren't playing this game. I
0: have a I have a pair of shoes that never recovered. Um,
1: and so, yeah, I mean... Looking back at it, could they have not just seen this coming and move the kickoff time? Yeah, we could have moved kickoff up. Or,
0: I mean, the other thing that's really frustrating was Akron claimed that they couldn't get a hotel. Yeah. And UNL was like, but here are beds. And Akron's like, but we don't have a hotel. And, um, but, but it was rumored really, really quickly that we were going to play Sunday morning. And I think that game would have been a classic. Uh, I still think the stadium would have been full.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it would have been a classic for the wrong reasons. I just cannot imagine. The the rumored start time was like 9.30 a.m. too. Oh, terrible football.
0: Yeah. Like terrible, terrible football. (laughs) But I think that it would have loomed large in the memory of Husker fans of like... Got rained out at Frost's first game, but won the first game the next day. And like, mm-hmm. like that would be a, such a different taste in your mouth than what we have, uh, have going forward. And then, uh, I'm, I promise we're not going to go week by week yes. the entire time. But you have the Colorado game that
1: next week. Yeah, the only game I've watched from East Stadium.
0: Ah, yeah. Yeah. Heartbreaker.
1: <laughs> yeah. In the final minutes
0: the kind we've become incredibly accustomed to. And we said, oh, this is weird. There were some coaching decisions that you could have made mm-hmm. that would have made that game totally different. There were some things that Martinez did that he wouldn't do if he was older yes. that would have made
1: this game different. And not to mention, he did not play the final two drives after a Colorado player, some may say intentionally, I am not saying it, I am only saying what some may say, injured him and... uh we got the Andrew Bunch experience, yeah. the Funky Bunch himself. I remember
0: the Funky Bunch,
1: um, <laughs> but not because, fondly. Oh, um. because Oregon State legend Tristan had transferred right before the season began after he did not get the starting job, and the uh, good old Patrick O'Brien, remember him, Husker oh, fans, yeah. bolted to Boston College, I believe. Just one of the ugliest offenses in college football. God, I love them, and. Uh, <laughs> We got stuck with a walk on Andrew Bunch from Aurora?
0: Yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> sure.
1: Andrew Bunch. Let's... Is Thompson Station, Tennessee. I was wrong. So, uh, <laughs> quite, quite the jump there. That's the tangent we needed. But still, like, as you mentioned, there were, like, two to three things you flip, and that's a win. I believe there was a fourth down targeting penalty from Antonio Reed, who uh, I later saw work at the Chick-fil-A in the Union after he left the team. Just a thing I noticed. Uh, and Adrian got hurt. But the team had its moments that game. Like, you didn't think that that's how every loss was going to go. And while that wasn't every loss, that was quite a few of them. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean... I really thought, not just
0: that year, but like
1: <laughs> everywhere yeah. else. I mean,
0: I was drinking the Kool-Aid still, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Listen," and I, I still believe this: we would have won that game if we had gotten the jitters out in front of Akron the week before, mm-hmm. and we were the better team. Yeah, in the in that nebulous bullshit, obviously the better team is the one who scores more points and wins the football game. But it felt like we outplayed Colorado, and then managed to have enough in the tank to also outplay ourselves. And so you have that loss, and it's like, oh, Jesus, what's happening here? You have the Troy loss right after that, which is a lot less excusable. And I think the, oh, my God, we're bad moment came against an admittedly dominant Michigan team who just, like, we did not belong on the same field. No. And it looked like the exact same thing we'd seen the year before.
1: Yeah, that was... Like, a Mike Riley loss. That was a yep. Bo Pelini loss. It was... <laughs> um, Bo would have kept it closer, I think. He would have scored points, but Michigan still would have... Oh, had, had total control of the game, yeah, sure. Yeah, 40-piece dust at the very least, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they got us They got us 56-10. to 10. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> those 10 came in garbage time, and yep. uh, good old Martinez had maybe one good leg that entire game. It was bad, yeah, they had some watch party at Memorial Stadium for the game because it was a road game, and I went to it and I left at halftime. And I never, I never leave like actual home games early, but I had to leave that one. It was just, I did not want to watch that, at all. Yep. So then, lost to Purdue,
0: predictable loss to a Wisconsin team, mm-hmm. lost to Northwestern. We beat a really shitty Minnesota side and Bethune Cookman.
1: Yes. We but. Beat- we beat them very well.
0: Yes. I, yes. Yeah. No, we, th- this was what was weird is we used to either blow people out or lose. Yeah. Um, like that Northwestern game.
1: That was, I, <sighs> I think the Michigan loss was like objectively the worst performance, but that was the worst loss. <laughs> they were up Dude. 10 with like a little over two field. minutes to go.
0: And it's a field goal in overtime. Yeah. Um, oh,
1: overtime. I think. Not our friend. Yeah, the last time Nebraska scored in an overtime period, unless there's a game I'm forgetting, uh, was Bo Pelini's last game against Iowa. It was the last time we even put up points in that extra portion of play. But yeah, then Minnesota and Bethune-Cookman, those were great feeling games, especially Minnesota. Because, like, if you got the first win over Bethune-Cookman, that would not really feel all that good. But to do that to a conference team... Who was admittedly trash, but we were winless. So uh mm-hmm. takes one to know one, buddy. And uh, the offense was clicking. Defense did occasionally things. It was fun. And then they, you have the schedule in front of you, not me. But they went on the road and kept it closer than anyone at the start of the year. I mean, maybe not the start of the year. After the Michigan loss, certainly thought we would against Ohio State. Ultimately, that was a down year for them. <laughs> so they still won the Rose Bowl in. Mm-hmm. And uh, then another shootout win that we pulled way ahead of with Illinois. And then the class, and then the rare one possession victory under oh, Scott so Frost. Good. A game where I stood four hours in the snow where nobody scored a touchdown. That was my birthday.
0: Oh, happy birthday! That was my, years that was later, my four 19th years later birthday.
1: <laughs> um, that might have been my favorite home game of my time here. Either that or the Northwestern game, where a third-string free safety Knuckleball in a 19-yard game-winning field goal after <laughs> the two worst offensive performances you'll ever see in the second half of football.
0: Um, yeah, that is. I just want to say also, Justin does not have the schedule in front of him and is pulling all of this from memory, which is just incredible. Oh, I got that
1: right? Yeah? Perfect. (laughs) Well, wait, which detail? Oh, just the general order
0: of things. Yeah, you you had every game in order. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that close Iowa loss sucked because it looked like we were going to do the same thing we had done against Michigan State. And that Michigan State game, just like the Frost hype train freshman year, both on and off campus, was just unbelievable
1: like people people have lost their damn minds um and yet not just in this state in this state particularly uh not that these people are oracles of sports in any ways but i was listening to kfrx one morning and the dj person there forget the name of him said uh (laughs) like the first year we're gonna make the big 10 championship the next year we're going to win it, third year we'll make the playoffs, next year we'll win it. Like, I don't think he was being serious, but like, judging by vibes, that's a thing you could say, and people would cheer you on. And Nebraska was abysmal the year before, the year that got Riley fired. That was a team that had nothing in the tank. And to start the next season, we were also ranked because... Segway, baby. Because the hype stream was so good that you can forget an 0-6 start and start right back where you began, all because of the initial hype of the hire. Yeah. It was the prodigal son after the undefeated UCF team coming home. So we have South Alabama, easy dub, of course. Eh. We made that Well, harder okay, than we made ourselves. it harder than we
0: needed to, but we got the job done. Yes. I'm not I will I refuse to evaluate first week performance past were you able to get the job done. Yeah.
1: Uh and uh that was our first episode was recorded after that. Not our first official episode. That was the beta episode which might be floating around on SoundCloud somewhere, but uh if you can find it, that's a great one. We had a great segment about dodge juggle that I uh, I'm kind of sad never saw the light of day on the main feed. But <laughs> yeah, Dodge uh, yep. <laughs> Shout out Dodge
0: Juggle. Dodge Juggle. Sad days. Um. So yeah, then we go to well, we don't go, but uh, Husker yeah. Nation packs that. Like that, has been that one is Bill of my a happiest moment as Husker fan. We played a home game in Boulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was embarrassing, just <laughs> absolutely embarrassing. Until we lost because of mistakes from Martinez. Uh... Terrible special teams. Just god-awful special teams. <laughs> I mean... And, the yeah... The more things change, the more things stay exactly the same for this team.
1: Yeah. It's... It's just like... The Colorado game was... Uh, predictive of another... Uh, recurring theme was that... I believe Nebraska got a way big early. But the second one thing goes wrong... They cannot stop the next thing from going wrong.
0: Like... Yep, <laughs> yep, and that's so. Then Northern Illinois, we get that one. Illinois is closer than it ought to be, and but then one, yeah, it was it was fine. <laughs> and then the worst Saturday of my life, uh, for so many reasons. <laughs> we stood out in the freezing cold all night, mm-hmm. and I I say all night, I mean. All night. I, I don't know anyone who's freezing cold all. is such a
1: creative liberty here, by the way.
0: It was cold. It was damn cold. It was late September. It was the middle of the night. There was like uh Yeah, there was like no way to piss without getting out of line. So you had to like mission impossible yourself
1: out of the line and yeah. back into the line. Just college game day. <laughs> the worst unorganized crowd control I may have personally experienced. All I can all I can <laughs> say jokes is, I can make that I'm not going to. Uh, I'm so
0: glad our brains went to the same place. because yeah. you couldn't say ever. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a, that didn't happen. Yeah, uh, and if you're not following us, you're just not metal enough to keep up with our senses of humor. Yeah. and Travis Scott. So
1: um, it is in fact lit. Um... <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, <laughs> so
0: we uh, we go
1: to college we have game a day. Terrible time. Which, again, after the crap pile of performance that was Colorado, the hype train was still big enough that Nebraska could host a college game day episode. Which
0: truly, this was the last moment we possibly could have. Yeah. Because after this blowout and the rest of this season, like yeah. I still think that they should never send one to Nebraska-Iowa, and I still think that they should never send one... Like, maybe Nebraska-Wisconsin. If that was really close, if the Big Ten West came mm-hmm. down to that game one year, please, Jesus, next year, we can talk about that at the end, because yeah. I do want to give a look forward at the Kool-Aid Cascade. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which
1: is coming. I have stuff prepared for that.
0: But, but yeah. yeah. I mean, to to kind of quickly get through the rest of the year... It's everything you would expect. Oh, I mean, and Minnesota uh, blows us out.
1: Yeah, that honestly was the worst performance in the Ohio State game for me. Yeah, well, the Ohio State one came at the end of staying up for literally an entire 24-hour day. Was, uh, I, why I, did we do that? It sucked, but I at least had, like, somewhat fun the second half. Because, uh... When Ohio State punted for the first time in four years against Nebraska, just the sheer ironic cheering that happened was a, I don't know, I was depraved yeah. at that point, and I i have somewhat fond memories of doing that. Fair. I think I might have left. You left. Um, yeah, Minnesota was bad. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was just embarrassing. Uh, the Purdue loss
1: I think that was Indiana might have been the worst.
0: Indiana was like not we acceptable. Every game and we're like, this might have been the worst. I am Purdue also, was two and nine. And we could have made a bowl game. I know. Missed. I'm trying to look at like how we could have reached bowl games. It's, and you've it's got, Purdue. You've got Oh, uh, it's Purdue or it's Indiana, who we lose to by a touchdown.
1: Yeah, and that game was relatively close. Yeah, I think we kind of backdoored it in there, and then Indiana got like a first down late. I could be very wrong. It might not be. We, Who knows? Uh, uh, I, I think Iowa was just as close. Oh
0: yeah, well, and that was the thing going into that game. We were one game short of eligibility oh, mm-hmm.
1: after we just kicked <laughs> the piss out of Maryland.
0: Yeah, and we're like, oh my God, it's it's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> interestingly, I think Noah Bedril was a feature of that Maryland game.
1: Didn't he get some minutes? At the very end there, probably, yeah. yeah.
0: Which is weird, because I associated Vedral with Maryland, and then low and bold didn't he transfer to Maryland? Rutgers, you got... Rutgers, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't distinguish those as two different <laughs> schools. I recognize that they're in two totally different parts mm-hmm. of the country.
1: Yeah, um... Rutgers I value as a member of our conference. Maryland, I do not. I You're fine in basketball, Maryland. Like, you're good. I can hate you sometimes, but, like at the end of the day what are what are either of us doing here in this partnership big 10 and maryland do you actually like us i don't think so do we actually like you i don't think so the acc needs something to feel decent about you can give them you know your time you're bad at football i, I don't i don't want to like you know think of you in the context of nebraska football it just does not make sense Rutgers is bad at everything. I feel bad for them, and you're cute. I like you. <laughs>
0: um, so, another disappointing Bulls missed. Let's roll over to the 2020 football season.
1: Oh, yeah. 2020, the year that didn't happen. i It so profoundly did, but I wish it had not. Um, the football season got canceled, and yet... <laughs> We did we actually play it? Like, was it ever actually uncancelled? So this is interesting. We somehow did not play
0: Wisconsin twice. We were scheduled to play Wisconsin on the 19th of September. Yeah. They pushed the season back again to October.
1: Yes, because uh yeah, they initially uh cut out the non conference games, and then with the expectation that everyone would follow his lead and just a trip terrible read on what the rest of the country thinks. Kevin Warren decides, hey, we're not playing football at all this fall. Oh my god. Hold your applause until the end of the oh presentation. God. Oh my god. The rest of the country is like, y'all see him this shit. And then continue to play their schedule. Then after, like, a month and a half of us threatening to leave the Big 12, not the school itself, being Big Nick. Big I wish. Yeah, yeah, leave the Big 10 for the Big 12. Uh, Kevin Warren's like, uh, seven games in seven weeks. Have fun, y'all. And, uh, the team that was supposedly so ready to play Nebraska. Uh. Well, that's the that's the
0: that's that's the double-edged sword here. Mm-hmm. I remain frustrated with Kevin Warren. I think he's an ineffectual leader and an absolute buffoon. I don't understand how a guy like him gets a job like this. I don't understand why you would want the flag bearer of the conference to be so deeply tied to Northwestern and have so many interests in football. Uh, I think like. You would want a guy. Let's let's construct the perfect president of the Big Ten really
1: quickly. I like it.
0: Tom Osborne, but short of that, um, <laughs> just you want a guy from like one of Hilton the Head, South Carolina. Oh, you want an outsider? I want an abs. I want a total outsider. Okay. Because the Big Ten has a clear brand. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what Big Ten football is.
1: Yes. And And I love it so. To
0: be a part of that is to recognize that this is gonna work on its own. And it has always worked on its own. Absolutely. I, I am a staunch football libertarian. Oh, uh, we can we can talk about this as it pertains to NIL as well. Um, oh, which
1: is coming in the kool aid segment. I, I'm sure I'm sure it will. but holy
0: shit, it's your government off my 50 yard line. like and that's I, listen, I don't think I don't know how I feel still about the decision to play those games. I mm-hmm. think ultimately the best public health decision in hindsight would have been to say, no season. But because we, we weren't having in-person classes, we weren't functioning as a university, no. this was a made-up little... Also, by the way, if you want to become disillusioned with the American education system, might I suggest talking to people who were in school at that time? Like, yeah. if any freshmen are listening, do not for a minute trust anyone here. They will all dig a knife into your back and 2020 taught all of us that and I'm sorry you don't get to learn that because uh, it was a valuable lesson. Uh, no one is looking out for you here uh, and it is just a machine that will crush you.
1: But anyway... Um... There, was, there was a class I took in 2020. It was for one of my m- m- three minors. It was a My communications minor was a, this families and society class that was all online and I honestly... God cannot tell you a single thing I did in that class besides discussion board posts. Did I have tests? I don't remember. Were there papers? Maybe? I know there was one discussion board post a week. That could not have been the whole class. But was it? The best thing you could hope for at that time, honest
0: to God, was apathy. Right? Because the professors who cared were spinning out of control. Mm -hmm. uh, And completely ineffectually teaching. Um, But anyway, the entire higher education landscape was fucked. So maybe we we say a prayer for Kevin Warren and we move yeah. on. But I do think that the half-in, half-out style of leadership is never the way to go. Yeah. Sometimes there's a middle way, and then sometimes you're just being an
1: ass. Yeah, because if you were going to have a season, you should start it as early as possible to give time for makeup games. Give time for, you know testing or what not to make sure yep. that we can adequately reschedule things but no instead of you know having any plan he decided the best plan is when you have no plan and decided that like here will you sh- shut up and like like that's why we had the season was just so that Nebraska and Ohio State fans would shut up yep. that's literally it so we lost the first five straight <laughs> You made us look awful. No, I think we won the third game against Penn State. Oh, you're right. You're right, but that no. was an awful Penn State game. Yeah, that was a bad Penn State team. And
0: we did not play that well. No. We just kind of pulled it out of our asses. Yeah, the we were minute. up
1: like 21 to nothing thanks to some defensive t- turnovers and oh, touchdowns. Right. And but our offense that our year was just horrific. Oh, God, yeah. That The 2020 team was easily Scott Frost worst.
0: But generally... Generally, and I say this for every sport and every situation, it was a weird time, kids. Yeah. It was the late 60s, and everyone was groovy. I don't know what the TikTok sound is. I don't know what your kids are doing on the internet. Um, <laughs>
1: kids but anyway (laughs) their uh, snap faces with the yeah instant tucks and the (laughs) how you doing belichick um i've brought this up before on the pod probably but he says that quote every year and every year sports media freaks out like it's new i remember he said that back when i read the physical journal star he was saying quotes like that okay this is nothing new. Like how back when I read the physical journal star makes it sound like it was 1980. <laughs>
0: this was like senior year of high school. This was like 40 years ago. Don't let this man fool you no. into thinking that Bill Belichick came out of the womb complaining about Snapchat. Like, <laughs> this is still fairly recent.
1: Okay. No, this was like 20, early 2010s. Is what I believe the first instant of that quote was. The Uh, stats back when they still had the Sunday morning paper column, uh, adults say the darndest (laughs) things.
0: You're absolutely right. Oh, yes. I've got things from 2015, 2017, and
1: 2018. Yeah. He says, snap face, three different years. And every year we think it's a new quote. We're like, ha ha. Old man does it He has us in the palm of his hand. Belichick knows what Snapchat is. There is no way in hell he does not know the actual name of that app. No, he's, he's always just it been on making purpose. fun of Snapface. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. So. Fine. Fine. Uh, that's that's how I feel about the 2020 season. It happened, and honestly. Yeah. Having football was a joy during troubled times and mm-hmm. a lot of bored Saturdays working at the World Herald. So, um, we have the 2021
1: season, which was, was his best th- team, <laughs> top to bottom, <laughs> was probably the, you know, product-wise, the highest quality Football team, if you were to, like, measure a football team by anything other than the results they put out, by just, like, the sheer strength of, like, is this team good at executing its basic functions, I'd say that they checked off more of those boxes than any other Husker team. They just had all the wrong boxes to leave unchecked. We take that, Ellen, in the Illinois
0: game. We yeah. route Fordham. We beat Buffalo. And... I think the most critical pivotal games of the season are Oklahoma and Michigan State, who finished ranked ninth and tenth. Yeah. If you told us that, and you told us you oh, oh, by the way, the number three team in the nation who just had a massive defensive draft pick, you finished a score back, right? Mm-hmm. You finished nine points back from a number six Ohio State team. We played good. <laughs> We did, ladies and gentlemen. We just didn't play the good kind of football that wins football games. Because we finished. What did we finish? Three and nine. When I point at you, you, you say, it's on base. Oh, <laughs> that's a Moneyball reference for you kids. And See, a visual gag and an audio yo, medium.
1: Great movie. Oh,
0: dear. oh God. Can we just talk about how good Moneyball is for a second? Yes. It feels like we should have done like a Moneyball review on this pod. Yeah. Because that is truly... Justin and I both see baseball very differently, yeah. uh, and I think both of us just uh,
1: – we've talked about it before yeah. off the pod, but I adore that film. I i love it. One of my favorite parts is that uh, everyone who copied it got better results than the people who invented yeah, it. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: It's <laughs> like, so funny to me. Because the Red Sox
0: are still playing Moneyball. And honestly, we're running up against that problem because the Rays have invented something better. Yeah. And
1: the Astros have invented something better called cheating. And (laughs) yeah, the Astros were like a mix of cheating, a mix of like the trust, the process of we're going to lose on purpose to get better draft picks. Hi, Hi, Philadelphia 76ers fans who are listening. You, how's that process going for you? I mean, it went better than losing this year. Everyone's yeah. down on the Sixers, and
0: like they had a much better season than I think people anticipated.
1: Yeah, but they why have
0: Harden yet... went there, I will never know. Uh, he just burns bridges
1: everywhere he goes. Yeah, I love him. Like he's my favorite player. Yeah, and but still, the the process has yet to get out of the second round. That's yeah, kind of the... damning. Especially when you just lost to a team that hasn't had a top 10 pick since 2008. But that's a different sport. We're talking Moneyball, we're talking baseball.
0: Objectively, <laughs> well, we're talking
1: football, but more yeah. But Yeah, you adore Moneyball. I do adore You're Moneyball. You were going to say something before I said something.
0: I <laughs> think that the, the beautiful thing about Moneyball is if you go back and you read the nonfiction book that Moneyball is about, after, if you read the book and then you watch the movie, you would say these are two completely different things and the movie is better. And if you watch the movie and then you try to read the book, you will get 40 pages in because you learned everything you needed to know. Like, Billy Bean, I- I'm gonna say something that is a hot take Billy Bean is not that smart. <laughs> no, 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 Billy, Billy. <laughs> This shouldn't be a hot take. Billy yeah. Bean is not that intelligent. What Billy Bean is is willing to say "f you" to the baseball establishment, and the reason he does that, which he brushes on in the book, but which is deeply explored in the movie, is he's mad at the New York Mets. <laughs> right, like he is just <laughs> as all at the human Mets. beings should be at all times. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing the Meet the Mets song, but I want everyone to think the Meet the Meet the Mets song as hard as they can. Uh, also, the Spider Man meme. Also, Mr. Met
1: flipping people off.
0: Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, best baseball team in New York, but well, I I, I want to redact that and say that's
1: actually still the Brooklyn Dodgers. But um, yeah, the the Mets are standing where the Dodgers stood. That's just.
0: No, no, no! The Mets are standing
1: exactly where the the
0: Mets have always stood. Yeah. The, nothing is standing where the Polo Grounds stood.
1: Okay. Yeah. An
0: apartment complex stands where the Polo <laughs> yeah. Grounds stood. Uh, bring, hot take. Now that we have two good New York teams, regrettably, mm-hmm. and two oh we suck like we twenty three and eight the life. Yankees. How oh, about that? We suck so bad. So <laughs> Red Sox bottom of the division.
1: This is. This is a
0: good time. This is terrible. I'm just happy that Everton might get relegated and Liverpool might win
1: the Champions League. But anyway. anyway, Um, That's good for them. They'll be pleased with that. They will. (laughs)
0: Um, All all I have to say at the end of the day about about Billy Bean is that the revelations he's making are on base percentage matters. Yeah. You can aggregate people into, like, to replace players. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you need to hit a trash can with a baseball bat if your players dance after they lose. I think that is good baseball advice. Uh, be physically intimidating. Uh, David Justice is a whiny little bitch, and we should all feel that way. And uh, find a smart, pudgy math guy, which, like, every everyone in baseball did one, two, and five. Yeah. And baseball got better for it. But it, those things were really, like, like the one thing Bean does is five. He yeah. gets the punchy smart guy to do all the thinking for him. And and he gets a divorce, and that's all he does, really, over the course of the movie. Well, he has a divorce. Yeah. That
1: I could use less of. It's cute. Yeah. The ending song is nice. Yeah. Which is an anachronism, by the way, because that song did not come out until two years after the events of the film. Really, yep.
0: I read that
1: on IMDB. Wow, <laughs> I'm proud of you for that.
0: Um, it's it's a good song though. Um, football. I don't know. I'm running out of steam on shit to say about this team because we talked about this year. yeah we recently. talked about the year and you know what this year looked like. Final thoughts, Scott Frost era. what is it what, like we we'll talk moving forward, but just mm-hmm. like looking back for a moment. What are, what are some, let's, let's play word cloud. What are some Mm. words
1: we want to throw out about this experience we've had? Disappointing is the thing that comes to mind. Mm. I don't think anybody in the state, even the most, hey, let's wait a minute, people, predicted no bowl games, three and nine in year four. Like, (laughs) it's safe to say that two things are true at once. And one being true does not negate the negative effects of the other. Uh, This was a harder rebuild than we imagined, and Scott Frost has been in over his head so far as to getting it done. Yeah. Those two things we did not imagine could be true at the start of it, but now I think we all realize we're very, are very true, is that it's bad, like... That the hap- I've already I've already discussed the two happiest memories I have of this Husker football team are beating two bad football teams. Very close games that were just sicko Big Ten football. <laughs> like, that and just, I guess, the Northwestern game this year was fun. But, like, still, it's uh, very draining, I think, would also be a thing in the word cloud. It's like, you can only watch the same loss so many times. Before just the emotions all start to jumble together. hmm Yep. That's about how I feel. Let's talk next year. Yes. One thing next year. I'm kind of calling my shot here. I think, and this is not about next year. This is about just the general future of the program. This is to say nothing of Scott Frost. This is solely about Nebraska football. Something happened in the last month that I think that if this thing ever gets turned around, we will point to and say that's the moment it all started. What was that? Uh, I, I I'm sorry, I just don't quite follow. My uh, setup? Yeah, but phrase it differently. <laughs> oh, okay. If let's say somewhere down the line, whether it's Frost is the coach or not, if Nebraska football is good again, like competitive, good, like competing for the Big Ten championship, good.
0: Like in the Big Ten Championship, yes, in the Big Ten Championship, physically present in the building, not maybe
1: a good enough team to win it, but present there. Yeah, a la Pelini years. Yes, if if we get back to there, or even beyond that, maybe especially beyond that, if we are competitive in the Big Ten Championship, I think something happened very recently that we can point that when that if that moment arrives, we will point to this moment as what started. the I Dom knows that led now to that. And I am excited. That is the committing of two time All Big 12 defensive end, O'Shawn Mathis from the transfer portal. Because, let, hear me out here, I see you rolling your eyes. He, he does not have to be good for this to be the moment. He does not have to contribute. This does not have to be an instant success. What I will say will be the starting factor in Nebraska being good again that is true of this. Mathis does not come here, and does not even consider us without NIL. This is not a player that was on our radar in the transfer portal before NIL. If we get good again at football, it's players like that that we recruit from the portal because of resources like that that will take us there. The coaching needs to be there, obviously. There there are a bunch of things that need to fall in place. But this is a caliber of player that would not have came here had it not been for NIL. He's a three-star. A three-star recruit, but a two-time all-Big 12 defensive end. The Big 12 sack leader in 2020. Like, this is a really good player. His former college coach is at Texas. You know, he grew up near Austin. This guy's a Texas transfer 10 times out of 10. Unless you can get some more NIL money here at Nebraska, which is exactly what Casey Thompson said. So if Nebraska gets good again, I think that's the first time we got the type of player who'll make us good again. Is because the landscape of college football is changing. Like, you know, recruiting is great. Obviously, do not stop recruiting. If you can get a bird in the hand, you know, and develop them and have them great talent, you're always going to need that. Mm-hmm. But more and more play- players are entering the portal every year. It's honestly borderline free agency at this point. And when free agency comes, Nebraska is showing that it can get some good signings that other teams of Nebraska's, like, football goodness can't. Other teams, teams that don't have Nebraska's budget cannot compete with Nebraska to get players like this. So I, you you can think it's impossible, no one wants to come here, you know, the fan base expects, whatever your reason for thinking that this can never work again. I point to that transfer of O'Shawn Mathis, and I'm thinking, this might, if this continues down this road, because however NIL changes the college football landscape, Nebraska's all in on it. We have the money. And like, you know, like I said, recruiting's good, but the transfer portal, we're getting developed products there. Like, proven players are in the portal now. Like Mathis, like, Belitnikoff award-winning wide receiver Jordan Addison of Pitt in the portal. Like, you can get known quantities of good through money now in college football. And do you have anything to say? Because I can go on forever about this. Because I've kind of lost the train of thought in Nebraska, and I'll save the general CFB thoughts for later.
0: Well, so I was actually going to kind of segue into those a okay. little bit. If Nebraska is a winner Mm -hmm. due to NIL, it will be one of the great ironies (laughs) of my lifetime. Because right now, you have the Husker Twitter dudes, who everyone knows the Husker Twitter dudes, hate this almost unilaterally because, partially because they've been told to hate it, and partially because it's anything different it's anything new when you're a tradition when when you're a program built so staunchly on tradition mm-hmm. whatever that means it's really hard because that it, it's it's nebulous it's hard yeah. to know what the tradition is what makes this special i would argue that what makes it special is the fans mm-hmm. we all care a whole lot yes and that these guys who come play football here are really no different than the guys who go play football at Nebraska, or the, the, at Iowa, at Iowa State, uh, at Wisconsin, Colorado, Texas. Mm-hmm. They're mercenaries, right? They're here for a few years. Yeah. The emotional interaction, sometimes they'll tap into it, yeah. right, for a game. It, it's got to be something to have 90,000 people. Yes. Willing you towards the goal line. That, I'm, I'm not saying fans don't matter to the players. Yes. I'm not
1: saying the team doesn't matter to all of the players, but the- what what are saying is that like it's just not unique. Like yeah. like obviously Husker players care a lot about this program like JoJo Dome in this past year. You could it's just not. see the emotion.
0: Some don't. It's very obvious.
1: Yeah, it's some very don't, obvious and I think some it's don't. fair
0: to call that out.
1: Yeah, but Nebraska has a bunch of players who buy in. Like, yeah, obviously, no, but those same no players schools. would be bought in at a different school, likely. Yes. And I think we do recruit towards players who want to buy in. Yeah. Right. That's not always the case, as you mentioned. But yes, I, I, I think generally I get the point.
0: <laughs> if you give Jojo Doman money, mm-hmm. is he going to be more bought in or less bought in?
1: I, I mean, NAL was just this past season. Like, I don't, I don't see how that affects the buy in. Of these guys, honestly. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And you think about the guys who aren't bought in. Obviously, we're not going to name names. And Mm -hmm. I don't know these guys. I don't talk to them. I can't accuse them of not caring. But pick in your mind or construct in your mind a Husker player who's not bought in. Give him $100,000 a year. And ask yourself if he wants to perform better or worse.
1: It hurt. It's not, and it's not like it's your money, right? Like, right, exactly, exactly. It's, it's not even like it's the university taxpayer money. It's it, it's it's private businesses. It feels like it feels like
0: that Biden quote, like yeah, it hurts no one, changes nothing, stimulates
1: the economy, man. Like I just... yeah, it's that's that's the thing that makes me so baffled about people who are anti-NIL. It's what does it change for you? Someone else giving money to someone else, but that happens so much
0: time. And like, why here is it a problem? We're talking a lot about transfers and yeah. and the transfer window being the wild west. This is the the like beginning. This is the foreshock of yeah. nil. The aftershock of nil is I am a five star recruit, and I am committing to I'm going to be Nebraska's first five star recruit mm-hmm. because. I think that being a star player there can get me more money than being uh, just another five-star anywhere else,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Yes. You could make more money as the quarterback or the, or the star running back or, or, or a, a star defensive tackle here mm-hmm. than you could being an average player at Alabama. And if you think you're good enough... That you can make
1: the league from Nebraska, yeah. Because at a certain point, yeah. And we have had two second round picks this year. You know, it's possible. And I would, I would say, like, can we count Wandale? Well, considering he was drafted as a wide receiver and we she-horned him into uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Wandale's a player who wanted to come here, and if he was managed properly, would have stayed here.
0: And I think nil would have helped Wandale stay. Yeah. You know, if that had been in place a couple years
1: earlier. Mm-hmm. Th- that's not to say that, you know, maybe he truly was just homesick. I don't know the that, guy. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know the guy. I'll, I'll, I'll
1: throw in that caveat, but I think Aniel would have helped and actually using him the way he wanted to use would have helped way more. I I'm don't, just saying. I
0: don't know the guy, but I've dealt with a lot of PR bullshit in yeah. my life, and I've seen that, <laughs> I know what it looks like, and it looks like I'm homesick. Yeah. Uh, I, Yeah. All power to him. I like Wandale. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great player. I oh, think yeah. he's a, I'll, I
1: will be rooting for him absolutely in the pros. I'm worried. I don't know. I think he's a college style player. He might not succeed, but I will be rooting for oh, him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I just don't think he's going to Yeah, short fast guys have No. They they have had some success, but most of it is a traditionally short shelf life. But I I think to him. His, he is his, a tough cookie utility, his worth is always going to be
0: in his versatility. Mm-hmm. He can do a lot of things for you, but he can do them yeah, at 80%
1: just, of what you need in the league. Just don't be surprised if he's solely a kick returner in five years. Oh, yeah, that's no, but saying. that's
0: that's a perfectly good living. It is. Right?
1: That's no shade against kick returns. No, absolutely not. Anyway, um, anyways, yeah, like three second-round talents have you know come out of the Nebraska football program. So, like, this is a place that has already been recruiting decently. So, like, that hasn't changed. But now with NIL, you could keep these recruits there and attract proven quantities from other programs to help build it, like, further reinforce and plug in the gaps. And, like, yeah. Yep. Uh, and so, so now just do you want to move on to some more general things of what this means for college football? Yeah, sure thing. Yeah. So, like... What's really interesting, though, is like a lot of the negative effects that people are talking about with NIL, you, even Nebraska fans who don't like it, are that uh, it sort of tears apart a lot of the very fabrics of like college football. Beyond just being change and change is bad. Hear me out. Like I, I don't want to. Tr- uh, let me just say. Just go. I do not personally. I think this night will explain why, but like I said, the Cuff winner Jordan Addison, I don't think he's transferring from Pitt, you know, without NIL. You know, I think he stays there another year. Or like somebody like, I forget his name, but the Louisville wide receiver, who it's heavily rumored that Alabama was trying to lure him away from that school before, like while he was still there. Like I have no doubt that there is tampering going on. And like that might've been going on before, like certainly with recruits but like with already proven players, that feels kind of off to me. You know, that's one thing I will, that's the one bad thing I think is like, you shouldn't do that to players who are like, actually at another program. You cannot like try to buy them away from them. If they put their name out there, if they put themselves at the open market, go for it. But like, I don't know, that feels weird. However, (laughs) how is this any different than what coaches have done for forever? Mmm, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's unfortunate. It's not how, like, my yeah. ideal system would run. But, like, Nick Saban did not stay at Kent State his whole career. He yep. did not build them into a powerhouse. Nope. He left for the money. He founded at Alabama.
0: He would never have built them into a powerhouse.
1: No, nope. They didn't have the tools to become a powerhouse. Yep, right? but instead of stay there and do the best he can, which is what we're asking of players, and, you know, It's what I would prefer of both players and coaches to just, like, stay where... Like, you know, I like things, you know? (laughs) I'd like it if more teams were good. That's not the case. That's never been the case. No. This is what coaches do. This is what players do. And again, like I said, I don't like that teams are contacting players from other teams. That is no different than what USC did with Lincoln Riley this year. Yep. I have no problem with that because of that. And I have no problem
0: with that because... Do you not think that the Philadelphia 76ers talk to James Harden? Mm -hmm. Do you not think that teams have conversations with players on the professional level all of the time? To call these young men anything but what they are, which is professional athletes, is criminal. It's criminal because it allows university fat cats to keep more of their money in their pockets and allows boosters to keep shit off the books right
1: mm-hmm.
0: we formalized a system we and and soon the, the really great thing about this and not to not to tip my broader opinion cards too much in this but we're going to have a players union yeah. and regardless of what you think about organized labor in america no one can reasonably be against players unions because you yeah. you don't have a situation in which the power is so consolidated in so few people who have directly opposed Interests to the workers or the mm-hmm. players in this case, right? Yeah, We're gonna have an NCAA players union within five years. I am certain of it It'll mm-hmm. start in the Pac-12 and it'll t- trickle west and for a while, you know what? You might not be able to play in the SEC if you're in that union, right? Maybe and 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 maybe that means well I, I could totally see them saying that I could totally see them say Yeah, the SEC is putting in a rule that you can't be a part of the labor union because it's the goddamn SEC and they don't wanna deal with this shit. But then everybody else will do it, and everyone else will better, and as it does,
1: recruiting is the great equalizer. Yeah, I I just don't see the SEC allowing other people to get better, even if that means their objections to, like. I I
0: don't know, I just don't see the SEC
1: saying, fine, join a union and dictate terms to us. Okay, I don't know, I think when it comes down to brass tacks, if like, if they sense for a second that their status as top dog is shifting, they will do whatever it takes to rectify that. That's just how I feel, though. Yep. I mean, I, it, it just makes me mad because mm-hmm. none of these guys... No, like, like, they're well within their rights to transfer wherever. Like, you know. Blows my mind. I'm so sorry. I'm swearing up a storm. We're having a real send yeah. off
0: here. <laughs> Here's what blows my mind. All of these guys, and I'm like seeing their Twitter profile pictures as I scroll past them. Please don't unfollow me, because I like to have followers. But I see these people, and they're all wearing jerseys. And you know that they've been wanting to be a Husker player since they were a kid, Mm -hmm. right? They've been putting themselves in those shoes. They've been thinking about what it would be like to pull the helmet on and run out into the stadium. And I'm asking their imaginations to go one day further to Sunday, when you're exhausted after that game, when you have homework to do after that game. In a major you probably don't actually care about if you're if you're good enough to go to the league. Mm-hmm. You're just in school to play football, right? Yeah. I want you to empathize or, with that kid for a minute and ask if a little bit of money makes his life easier. Oh yeah. Or I let's let's take it away from the star for a second. Like right? like like
1: I, I think almost the conversations at this point has moved beyond uh, players getting money, like, is that a good thing or not? I think the how is where this conversation is headed.
0: I think there are people who fully and people I, I, who I, 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 power. I think there
1: are, R, and like, I agree with you that those people are bad. But like, the toothpaste is not getting back in the tube when it comes to this. I think they're gonna try. I don't know. Like, the Supreme Court nine owed the NCAA when it came when they tried to strike down NIL. You know. They don't 9-0 much, okay? The NCAA is effectively powerless at this point to stop it. They could have at any point in their entire history tried to do this themselves. But they fought tooth and nail to prevent players from getting any sort of money. And the second that became allowed through the Supreme Court, again, 9-0-ing them, they have no power to stop this. Like, I um think... That some schools would want to. I think the NCA would want to. I don't think they can put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. I, 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 I just think they're going to have to try to find a way to maybe regulate it because there is no regulations now. I,
0: these are the same people who throw their hands in the air and scream about free market capitalism. <laughs> these are the same people who want their school to be able to pick up coaches. The people who are worried about it, like, it, it blows my mind that Nebraska mm-hmm. is, like, a bastion of concern regarding yeah. this. We are only going to benefit from it. I would be worried if... Like, what? who are schools who aren't going to benefit?
1: I think, obviously, the entire group of five and, like, smaller power fives. Like, Big Ten. I'd say, like, the Northwesterns, the Illinois, the Purdue's. That's
0: exactly what I was thinking.
1: Because I think in the future... Uh, we could go down if the NCAA truly has no power, in which I don't think they do. What is stopping the schools from just saying we don't need the NCAA to play sports and making their own European Super League where they are basically just professional teams?
0: That'd be so good.
1: It like that's where we're headed. That's where we're, I that's where we're headed. But however, Illinois, Purdue, the entire group of five and smaller, they're not coming along. This is going to be high rollers only,
0: yeah. I, and we need to reestablish ourselves quickly as high rollers before we yes. turn into
1: a Purdue. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we're ever going to, like, if we were to start this league tomorrow, Texas would be in it. Despite them having a dog shit season, having USC just lost against us. USC would be in it. I think Nebraska would be in it, too. I think we would. I
0: think we are stretch. I, yeah, it's hard not to put us in after yeah. the 90s. But if it, if you wait 20 years to yes. this league, we need another Big Ten by then. Mm-hmm. Ideally, another title by then.
1: To to really be a blue blood still? Yeah, but I don't think this is going to be 10, 20 years down the line. You think this is the next five? Maybe. because Because, oh. like, the playoff just went back on expansion. They were planning on doing it this year. But, like, no, let's stick it out with four. I think that could be a sign that, like, Hey, we're not going to... Something bigger is brewing. Something bigger is brewing. Texas and Oklahoma just jumped ship to the SEC. So, uh, you know, traditional rivalries do not matter jack anymore when it comes to how well, they both formulate together.
0: And traditional rivalries yeah. haven't mattered in a while.
1: I know, but, like, just the sheer geography of the sport, again, hasn't mattered in a while. But that just further pissed on its grave. That, like, I think sooner rather than later... The NCAA will not be able to stop anything that happens. And then I think the schools are thinking of it right now. And I don't know exactly how long it takes for plans to be made. But whatever plans are made, I think certainly in less than 10 years, we will have the European Super League wow. equivalent. I just don't see what stops it. And I see Nebraska Sweet. being a part of it. Even if we're not good anymore, we have the money. Let's, let's talk about this. How big is this league? Ooh, I... I could see maybe like 32 to 40. Okay. Like, just going in my head, like, this is going to force schools to choose between athletics and academics. Not every school is going to choose athletics. Like, okay. Let's,
0: let's just go through some, some schools I'm curious about. Yeah. Florida has to be in. Yes.
1: Georgia has to be yes. in. Yes. Is this for basketball or just football? I would, I, from what I know, I would say it's definitely going to happen in football. Basketballism, maybe. I would not think it would work, though. Because what is the entire, like, the NCAA runs a basketball tournament and pretends it's a governing body. The NCAA tournament would not be fun. If it was just between the same blue bloods every year. If you take out St. Peter's, you take out the yeah, entire appeal for for like 75% of it. So I don't think that they could try it with basketball, but like people, I would not care. You take away the chance for a St. Peter's, you take away my interest in college basketball. That's literally the one thing I care about. Okay, so then do you put Kentucky in this league? Who? Like, if it includes basketball, I'd say you'd have to have the Kentucky. But if it doesn't, you don't. If it doesn't, you don't. don't. If it doesn't, you don't. Because I think Kentucky would rather have the basketball than the football. I'd say most of the SEC goes, but Kentucky doesn't go. Uh, Vanderbilt doesn't go, and South Carolina probably doesn't go. Tennessee. Tennessee goes. Tennessee goes because they won in the 90?
0: Like, again, this is a similar thing to us. Tennessee's not that good anymore. And
1: because the money is there, people in Tennessee would want to go.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. it, okay. This is more so. about
1: this is like more about does the school care rather than is the team good.
0: We can leave out the school in Tuscaloosa, obviously. Yeah, uh, they don't B- need. To both
1: schools in Alabama go, obviously.
0: Oh, I was making the joke that they shouldn't be in.
1: Uh, <laughs> Arkansas, blue blood. Arkansas, I'd say, whoo, That's a toughie. But like, I think they're on the fast track to getting their program turned around. I really trust what Sam Pittman's building there. So I think the football team becomes good, and that's what puts them in. LSU has to go. Yep. A&M's going. Mississippi? Ooh, both Mississippi schools, I... You either take both or you leave both. Yeah. However, though, if one school wants it and the other doesn't, then they're really going to want it. Because, like, something I've noticed with, like, fans of really small schools, like Group of Five and below, or, like, even from, like, FCS, the point of conference realignment is not to continue to play your rivals or, like, have a conference that suits you geographically. The smaller school you are, the more you want to be above your rival on the food chain.
0: Yeah.
1: So I could see that principle becoming a thing in this new league where, like, a Mississippi school would be like, if state's not going, that makes me really want to go. So, yeah. I mean, that's just the
0: SEC alone. Yeah. I think that gives you an idea of
1: what an idea be. of like what schools would and what schools wouldn't, and that would leave you with around like thirty-two to forty, mm-hmm. of just, and I'm sure they'd still like play them in non-conference games, you know, it wouldn't count for the like European soccer if the super league happened, would they still have like friendlies and stuff. So, yeah,
0: because no one wanted to change the domestic leagues, mm-hmm. so it would be like if currently. We played a full conference schedule. Yeah, and then also we had this issue where uh, we we played um, these random this this totally separate non conference tournament. Okay, and that was arguably a bigger deal than
1: oh the the conference. Okay, yeah that would that would
0: it would be like it would be like if we said okay we're gonna have the playoffs mm-hmm. With... be the same teams every year regardless of what happens in conference play. Yes.
1: But we're still going to play conference for funsies. And critically, everyone likes to talk about the Super League, but the Super League didn't happen. It was never particularly close to happening. No. Whereas this, I do not see the same fervor that shut down the Super League happening at all. Because of the principle I mentioned earlier, teams at the top are going to want to put the teams below them, beneath them, even more. Like... As much as, as fun as it would be to like have this regional thing, like as much as Nebraska fans pride themselves on it, if you could just be a step above Colorado and Kansas State and, you know, Minnesota forever, I think you'd like that. I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't because, you know, I'm, I'm a sicko, but, like, I think you could talk yourself into that real quick if you're a Husker fan. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I got about 10 or 20 minutes left. That is enough time for my— Segment. What is the segment? <laughs> okay, so I went through some old show notes. I didn't have actually that much of them because I have actually just re-edit the same note app note over and over again with just. A... <laughs> so that's lost a lot of segments. We haven't gotten the time to. But I saw one that's like, oh, I really want to share the story. So you would say that throughout the concept of time, the purpose of the mascot has been pretty uniform. You know. I would say that. There have been few innovations. You would say, you know, you give a show to the kids, to the fans who aren't particularly entertained in the game. You show up at events. That's it. However, the year is 1984. (laughs) As it always is. The team (laughs) is the San Francisco Giants, who are terrible. Just god-awful at baseball this year. They had been, for years at this point, just stinking up a storm in this crusty old ballpark called Candlestick Park. And one of their advertisers comes up with an idea for a commercial. At the time, in the 80s, the mascot craze... (laughs) just seeing your face. You might have found out the kicker to this already. In the 80s, the mascot craze was booming. You had the Philly fanatic, the San Diego Chicken. Yuppie of the Expos. So many teams wanted a cute, fuzzy character because consistently they were successes across the board with their fan base. This advertiser is like, San Francisco, we have a miserable fan base, a miserable team. Let's have a commercial with a spoof mascot who the fans hate and be like, hey, we're different. So they come up with Crazy Crab. <laughs> Crazy Crab is was what's known as the first... Anti- and to my knowledge, only anti mascot. <laughs> he was made for this commercial to be hated. They made a doofy crab costume, stuffed local mime Wang Doba in it. <laughs> footage of the auditions exists online. It is the funniest thing to see a bunch of grown men grab. It's in the 30 for 30 short. I don't know if it exists on itself, but there is footage. Well, the promotional video exists. Yes. Do you want to watch it or have me describe it
0: to you? I'm gonna watch it. Should I turn the sound on or not? Please do. There's, there's a line I love. Is this the right thing? Let me see. No. Okay, this is totally different. <laughs> Crazy crap. <laughs> commercial.
1: It was supposed to... It was originally just a commercial bit, this advertiser. Holy
0: shit. Is it this thing? Yes. yes. Fans, what kind of
1: mascot they liked? Sixty-three percent said they didn't
0: like mascots, which once again proves that Giants fans are uh, different. Hey, Frank. I told you. Ever, ever touch me again?
1: The advertiser who came up with the idea. He said he had no expectation of success. Yet they made the commercial, and then, after they thought of of the commercial, said, we have this suit. Why not put it on the field? No! Why?
0: (laughs) The whole point was that we hate the
1: suit. Yup, but you have the crazy crab suit. Like, Are you just going to let that rot in a closet, or are you going to pay local mime a couple more dollars to go out there and see what happens? They did the second option. <laughs> after the advertisement which specifically encouraged fans to hate him. They sent crazy crowd out there and instantly he was booed. Jesus. <laughs> and you know what? They they considered that to be a success of the experiment and continued to shove poor old Wayne out there after he he was thrown they threw beers, batteries, and food at him. So, instead of, you know, saying, uh, eh, this might not be a good idea, they moved him further away from the fans. <laughs> but that did not stop the hurling. As as the season grew on and the Giants grew shittier, fans would bring balloons to the game, pee in them, tie them up, and no, hurl them. That's at crazy. that's awful. Crap. That's actually, I feel shitty. Yeah, and instead of, you know, saying, hey, uh, they're throwing golf balls, they're throwing balloons with urine in them. We maybe shouldn't have you out there. They reinforced his costume with bulletproof fiberglass, put a helmet on Lane, and sent him back out there. <laughs> no way! What?
0: Bigger, like And now we understand why. And yeah. it all makes sense. And it all comes together. And you're like, it was actually this kind of beautiful thing. This doesn't
1: have that. I can tell. This <laughs> kind of has that. In, in,
0: why? Why did they do it?
1: <sighs> Giants fans, need, as, as the marketing guy put it, we needed asses and seats. And if, <laughs> and if <laughs> taking your frustrations out on this poor man in a crab (laughs) costume who you're told is to hate. You're gonna do it. As like, there are amazing quotes in this 30 for 30 short, I highly recommend. One of them was like, the ballpark was bad, the team was bad. And like, if you're gonna be in Stalingrad, you might as well have some beers (laughs) and throw them (laughs) at the crab. Oh
0: my God.
1: So as you can tell, this is going great. Uh, Wayne himself, described it as a form of performance art. So he has just gone fully insane. He's like, and how can this be anything other than performance art? This is a man in a crab costume getting drunk baseball fans to hate him on purpose. This is so good. (laughs) This is a one-of-one experiment. Yeah. (laughs) Experience. And uh, there is no way this ends well. And obviously it did not. The last series of the season against the always fun San Diego Padres, <laughs> featured two Padre players, uh, Kurt Bekwaba, I said that wrong probably, and future Giants manager Brett Bochi, who body slammed the poor crab and caused him to miss the rest of the season and be incapacitated for a month. They later settled outside of court for $2,000. And that was the end of Crazy Crab. When asked later why they did it, Becqueville replied, I hate crabs and so does bocce. <laughs> so that is Crazy Crab, one of my favorite stories of all time. The anti-mascot, first and last. Fair enough. And I think our audience needs to know it. That's
0: fantastic. <laughs> I'm over the moon about it. Love right. that Crazy Crab. Love that Crazy Crab. <laughs> any Any final things to say?
1: Love that crazy crap. Oh, oh, yes, I have one more note. Uh, He's kind of gained a cult appreciation amongst the Giants fan base. Uh, He even appeared again at their last home game at Candlestick Park and was not pelted with things. So time has been kind to him, and for a bobblehead promotion uh, in 2014, the always jovial Madison Bumgarner called it stupid. So uh, I think that's a great way. (laughs) <laughs> to, to tie the bow on Crazy Crab is a. Uh, it makes the old fojies mad.
0: Perfect. Even to
1: this day. I like it. Yes.
0: And that's our show. And
1: that's our show. That's fun. That, that's the studio.
0: Justin is headed to the Cardi Hub. Yes. Next year. I'll be doing things rights. there. Follow him there. I will be figuring out what I'm doing soon. So. Always. Oh, things to come. So. Yeah. Just. uh... Yeah. So go ahead, give us a uh, Twitter follow. I would be surprised at the last time we ever use the feed, but it will be the last time in college, the last time yes. in this shitty, shitty insurance building.
1: Oh god. The last time for a while. I I'm gonna miss old Anderson. I will not. Uh, I probably won't. But I'll I'll, mi- mi- I'll miss, miss the, the D.N. Yeah, I'll miss the DN. Shout out the homies. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'll miss the audio bits. This was the yeah. Best this was the it. best part.
0: Yeah. Uh, that is that
1: is one good thing that DeShay School does, is just letting us
0: run wild.
1: So, <laughs> And shout out the DN who would not approve this podcast, even though we did not try at all.
0: Uh, no, Jason was like, you guys could probably do it oh, he was.
1: the DN, and you know what? We didn't do just, it consistently enough to do it.
0: Well, but then we would have been getting paid to do it. Oh, I don't know, shoot. I, I thought about it, but ultimately the DN podcast pay wasn't worth
1: it. And mm-hmm. I also
0: like that we can say whatever the hell we want. Yeah.
1: That's right, DN. You right. have no power over this domain. No one
0: has any power over what we say here. All right, Justin. <laughs> yeah. It's been a pleasure. Agreed.